This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey, <sighs> Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Well, Ronan Farrow's done a new piece for The New Yorker, this time an expose about Les Moonves and his uh, alleged uh, sexual harassment and inappropriate behavior. Holly has all the details, and we'll just get right to it and find out if she thinks it's credible. Holly, uh, you did the uh, Lord's work and read the full expose, which we were alerted to towards the tail end of last week. Yes, it was rumored that this piece was going to be published in The New Yorker on Friday, which it was late Friday afternoon after this show, about the chairman of the board and CEO of CBS, Les Moonves, arguably one of the most powerful men in the world of media and entertainment. And in fact, uh, just the rumor of this uh, being reported made CBS stock fall on Friday afternoon. So this is a big darn deal. Now, let's hear from Leslie Moonves, CEO of CBS, last year. Let's hear him talk about the Me Too movement as a watershed moment. So this coming from Les Moonves himself. It's a watershed moment. I know that that's become a cliche and a lot of people have spoken about it over the last short period of time. And, you know, it's important that companies educate, have an ability to have a dialogue, to know what's going on. I think we've been surprised by things that we've seen. Um, But I think it's important that a company's culture will not allow for this. Okay, so that's uh, Les Moonves back in 2017 talking about uh, the Me Too movement. He wouldn't be the first person credibly accused of sexual harassment uh, or inappropriate behavior who has spoken you know, forcefully against uh, that behavior in public in regards to the Me Too movement. You read the piece in The New Yorker, Holly. Do you find it credible? And what did we learn? Well, yeah, I find the piece to be incredibly credible coming from Ronan Farrow, who won the Pulitzer Prize this last year. He shared it with The New York Times on his reporting on Harvey Weinstein and the Me Too movement. And listening to that clip of Les Moonves, the CEO of CBS, I'm like, oh, Les, that is real fresh coming from your mouth, specifically after reading the allegations that are against you in this article, which I find to be incredibly uh, believable because Ronan Farrow did the work. He fact-checked, he interviewed many people uh, about these allegations against Les Moonves, basically leading to the fact that Les Moonves uh, acted in a sexually inappropriate way towards many women in the workplace uh, over the past several decades. You know, and my three takeaways from this article, you know, one, going back to those allegations of sexual misconduct, and one story uh, has to do with actress 
author Ileana Douglas. Now, the name might be kind of familiar to you. Uh, Her dad was Melvin Douglas. He was an actor. And she's been around for decades. You might know her from works in some Martin Scorsese movies. You would would know her face. Yeah, you would definitely know her face. Now, there's an in-depth story that Ileana Douglas tells about Les Moonves, being that she had a deal with CBS for six figures to appear in CBS programs in the 1990s. Well, she met with Les Moonves in his office in private one day where he made sexual advances to her. She rejected those advances and it stopped right there. It didn't go any further. However, she felt like her negative reaction to those come ons essentially ruined her career at CBS, resulting in her management dropping her, her agent dropping her, her being fired from the show that happened in the 90s. And her co-stars talk about her dismissal, Judge Reinhold, Penelope Ann Miller, uh, actors that you know. They said that it was really shocking for her to leave that program. She was just dismissed unceremoniously. And they're pointing directly, the article implies that Les Moonves himself had her fired from that show. Now, there's a lot of back and forth. She eventually got her representation back. But that really damaged her career. And you read these stories over and over again that a man in a position of power welding his sexual power, a woman rejecting those advances. And then her paying the price with her career. Exactly. Can I ask, um, are there other women uh, named in this piece or is she really the focal point of this particular expose? Well, she's the woman who we would know the best. There are other women who come forward with similar stories. And are they all similar in, in the way, you know, like we've seen this before with, People like Harvey Weinstein, where the accusations all follow a certain pattern. Yeah, they follow a certain pattern where Les Moonves, he set up meetings in the afternoon, wanting to talk to them about their career. And then they go into the office and then it happens. And it's in a way where the assistants have gone home for the day. So, you know, pointing to the fact that there may be some premeditation on the part of Les Moonves. Now, he denies all of the accusations against him in this article. Well, we should say, too, I was um, just, like, Googling. I was just over there Googling. I was just on the Google machine. Because I was like, well, what has Julie Chen said? So, Julie Chen, of course, his wife, and they've been married for, I don't know, a long time. Decades, maybe, from the 90s. They've known each other anyway. So, she has come out publicly in support of him, says she knows him to be a good man and stands completely behind his statement, which I thought was pretty you know, um, pretty outspoken. Yeah. And it sounds like, you know, other people that are connected with them are also speaking out on his behalf, people like Sharon Osbourne. So the the thing that's dangerous about that, though, and I want you to, you know, tell us something else that you took away from this article in just a moment. And by the way, if you're just joining us, we're talking about the head of CBS, Les Moonves, being credibly accused of sexual um, harassment and inappropriate behavior. Um, the, the other thing I was going to say is that it's so early that now that this this has come out, it wouldn't surprise me if we start to see more accusations because people will feel will feel freed yes. to reveal stuff that maybe they felt threatened by in the past. Right. Well, and one thing to consider with Les Moonves is that Les Moonves is one of the most powerful men in media period right now he's the chairman of the board of cbs he's also the ceo of cbs and he has immense power 
all over the board and media, so in, in, which is different than Harvey Weinstein or maybe some of the other people who have been named in the Me Too movement where maybe their careers were on the downslope. They didn't have as much power as they did in the past. But the fact that people are speaking out at this moment against a person who is this powerful will be very interesting to see uh, what kind of consequences Les Moonves will face as a result of the publication of this article. Now, there is a meeting today of the board of directors at CBS. And I'll be very fascinated to see what kind of punishment, if any, Les Moonves will receive as a result of this article being published about him. That is interesting because, as you said, he's sort of at the height of his power. And and, uh, I'm I'm just curious if people are going to have egg on their face because more women will come forward. But, um, again, that remains to be seen. I know we could talk about this at length. Thank you, though, for doing the deep digging, and maybe we can revisit the topic uh, again. But when we come back, we are going to take a sharp left turn and talk about something that happened over the weekend. So I hung out with Alexis on Saturday. We were treated to a concert, um, not only with our good friend Kat Perkins, but also a Prince uh, impersonator and tribute band, which got me thinking about celebrity impersonators. Holly and I were talking about it before the show. Why are we so obsessed with celebrity impersonators? We'll talk about why we're asking that question and get your answers when we come back right here on My Talk 107. Have you sent us your second to last photo challenge? If you haven't, it's super easy. You go to your phone, open the camera roll, send us your second to last photo. Post it to Twitter and uh, hashtag second to last photo challenge. You can spell it all out. Yeah. Welcome back to the Colleen and Bradley show here on My Talk 1071. Streaming live, doing everything entertainment at MyTalk1071.com. I'm Bradley Trainer along with Holly Roberts today. And why are we so obsessed with celebrity impersonators? Why? That's a good question. And it all begins uh, this Saturday when I was uh, with Alexis Thompson from The Morning Show at a fabulous event called Revival at Rosedale Center. And part of the evening's festivities included a Prince tribute band. And um, this guy, like, inhabits Prince. And it really just got me thinking about celebrity impersonators and how they're, it's just, it's kind of weird, but kind of fascinating and amazing. And Holly, you even asked the question, and that's what we're talking about. Why are we so obsessed with celebrity impersonators? Right. Well, why are we obsessed? Why do we feel the need to celebrate somebody else impersonating another notable celebrity? Like, what is it? That makes us so fascinated by it because I, like you, I love celebrity impersonators. Love it. I mean, it should not come as a surprise that I do. And in fact, I remember seeing right here in the Twin Cities, and it would have been in the early 2000s before he died, a guy by the name of Jim Bailey, who is one of the, you know, ultimate um, celebrity impersonators. In fact, he and female celebrity impersonators. So he did a number of female celebrity impersonations that were unreal i saw him locally at the state theater do judy garland it was judy garland on stage like you could not i mean honestly it was amazing in fact i think we have a little bit of audio that we could play this is jim bailey singing as judy garland and just for a little reference this is in 1970 the year after she died the night is bitter the stars have lost their glitter, the winds grow colder, suddenly you're older, and all because of the man that got away. 
Now that's him singing. And I will tell you that it's not just the voice. Like he was all in. He looked the part. He sounded the part. And of course he didn't look exactly like her, but he, he mirrored her mannerisms and really just inhabited the role. But he also did an amazing Barbara Streisand, Phyllis Diller. I mean, there are other uh, people that he impersonated and he, he uh, did pass away in 2015. But Holly, it's those kinds of people I'm endlessly fascinated by. Like, I just want to know how they not only do what they do, right, but also how they um, decided that that's what they want to do. And, you know, things like as, as simple as like, do they stay in character when you talk to them? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's just there's so many questions. Right. Well, what draws somebody? How did they discover the fact? How did Jim Bailey understand that he could do a great Judy Garland? And and that this is something that's not too obviously new. Excuse me. That clip was from 1970. Yes, that yes. was from the Ed Sullivan show. Yeah, he was literally doing this for a living back in the 60s and 70s in a way that nobody else was doing and certainly at a level that nobody else was doing. And he continued to do it throughout his entire life. And we still honor as a culture today impersonations. I would argue that we're more fascinated with celebrity impressions than you even know. Case in point Think back to the Academy Awards, maybe in the past 10 to 15 years. Yeah. The people who have won Best Actor and Best Actress Oscars, for the most part, that award has basically become Best Celebrity Impersonator of the Year. Yeah, you were saying that earlier, and I want you to expand a little bit on it. So you were essentially saying that we... Um, are rewarding people who are able to do great celebrity impersonations. So, like, give me some examples. So, for example, even in this past year, the Best Actor Oscar went to Gary Oldman Oh yeah, for playing Winston Churchill in The Darkest Hour. Indeed, and that was a really good movie, by the way. And that was a good movie. It was a good performance. But what made that performance better than the other ones? Now, uh, there were not... Uh, it looked like there nobody else was playing uh, a real life person who was nominated for best actor, but we decided Gary Oldman was the best person. Now, looking back through maybe the past 10 years, keep it to the past 10 years, best actor for the Academy Awards, Eddie Redmayne won an Oscar for Stephen Hawking, oh, playing sure. Stephen Hawking. Also, Matthew McConaughey, I believe that Ron Woodruff was a real person from the Dallas Buyers Club. Daniel Day-Lewis, Abraham Lincoln. Colin Firth. Colin Firth. Firth playing King George VI in The King's Speech, and Sean Penn playing Harvey Milk in the movie Milk. Forrest Whitaker as Edie Amin. Yeah, so we... and Philip Seymour Hoffman, Truman Capote. Jamie oh Foxx. Jamie Foxx, Ray, Ray Charles. Charles. Yes, so wow. we really love celebrity impersonations. Now let's go to the Best Actress category because you'll see that trend being reflected not so much, but it still is reflected in the women that have won the Academy Award for Best Actress uh, in the past 10 years, Meryl. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Streep playing the Iron Lady, Margaret Thatcher, of oh, course. Oh, for sure, yeah. Uh, Marion Cotillard playing Edith Pilaf in La Vie and Rose. Pilaf, Pilaf. Pilaf. Well, Rice you know. Pilaf. <laughs> Sponsored That'd be a good by... drag name. <laughs> Sponsored by Rice Aroni. Oh, Archie! Ah, Helen Mirren played Queen Elizabeth II. Reese Witherspoon played June Carter Cash. Uh, and uh, Charlize Theron played Eileen Warnos. So, and Virginia Woolf. The list goes wow. on basically being yeah. that we are very obsessed with... Why do you think that is? So now we've laid out the case. Yeah. What What is it that makes us... Is it just lazy? Because, you know, I mean... It's very easy to sort of rec- um, uh, maybe it's not recognize those characters, but like if you watch a movie, it's understandable that if you do one of those roles very well, people can see that you've done something f- well. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. I think that doing uh, portraying a real life person on screen is a specific skill that we, the audience, can understand the mechanics of what went into the performance better than, say, an original character because we have the real-life person to compare the performance to. Same with Jim Bailey and Judy Garland. We're so familiar with Judy Garland. She's iconic. And the fact that this person can perform as Judy Garland, we can compare, contrast, and understand their talent, I think, in a way that's accessible for a person who maybe hasn't studied acting. Yeah. And so, so on and so forth. I bet this year somebody's going to win a Best Actor Actress Oscar playing a real life person. Guarantee right now. Well, the odds are on, I mean, if you're taking, oh, see, now we could, we could do like a, a bet, right? Like we should be able to look at what the roles are and decide who has the odds on or who is the odds on favorite for winning that role based on what they're playing. That's right. Okay. Well, we'll get back to that. But hey, when we come back, Holly, thank you. Um, for that insight. When we come back, it's time for Lord and Lady D-Bag. Celebrities behaving badly, deserving to be called out. Find out who when we come My back. Talk 1071. Everything. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Entertainment. You sent us your second to last photo challenge. Hashtag second to last photo challenge here on the Colleen and Bradley show on my talk 1071. I'm Bradley trainer along with Holly Roberts today. And uh, all you got to do is open your phone, go to the camera roll and tweet us your second to last photo with the hashtag second to last photo challenge. We've gotten tons. I'm loving them. We've got dog photos. We have weird illustrations. We have pictures of hot uh, superheroes. I mean, you guys got some crazy stuff in your phone. This is the laziest challenge that you can do, which is why it is the best thing. We don't need the Kiki challenge. We don't need you to g- jump out of a movie yeah, car need to and die dance. For, no. for fun. No. So um, just keep them coming. I've been having fun in the breaks going through them. And um, in fact, I all I want to do is do like captions to them, like trying to figure <laughs> out what's going on in each of these. There's one, a child in a cage. There's a child in a cage in one of them. <laughs> Which, you know, mildly disturbing, but also very hilarious. So um, do that again. All you have to do is tweet us hashtag second to last photo challenge. Now, let's get right to our favorite topic. 
celebrity D-bags. Presenting Lord and Lady Douchebag of the Day. I've got a Cardushian. Oh, you do, Bradley? Tell me more. I do indeed. And today, it's none other than Chloe. Oh, Chloe. She's a frequent flyer in these parts. She puts an accent on the East. That's why I call her Chloe, because that's the appropriate pronunciation. Anyway, she... Here's the headline, Holly. Chloe Kardashian wishes her body will never... Or, excuse me. (laughs) Chloe Kardashian worries her body will never be the same after giving birth. Well, no bleep. Of course it's not going to be the same because you had a baby. Because you, you shoved a watermelon out of your hoo-ha. It's not going to go back to the way it was. And that's okay because it says nature intended. Yes, indeed. She uh, apparently took to Twitter on Saturday and got candid responding to some oh. of her fans' comments and questions. Was this on her app? Yes. Mm. Namely, about the challenge of reclaiming her figure after giving birth to her daughter. <laughs> Somebody said, wish you would talk about... Uh, talk more about how bodies after a baby aren't the same and that mom bodies are okay, one follower wrote. Aww. The media is so quick on having a bounce back baby body and you as a mother are a great example to every woman on how it's okay to not be perfect after your baby. Mm. Excuse Tell us me, more. that person is drunk. You she know? is not the uh, example at all. You know who the example is? Who? The celebrity example for who has... Like a uh, uh, a healthy way of dealing with their post baby body, Chrissy Teigen. Thank you. You're welcome. Ding ding. Which is interesting because Chrissy Teigen and Khloe Kardashian are friends. Yes, exactly. And yet, Khloe Kardashian, all we hear about her after she had a baby is like, I can't wait to get back into the gym because it's my passion, and you know, it's where I have my one hour a day that's totally to myself, where I can just reconnect with my body. And also, my trainer has to shame me in order and and um. Uh, what what does he do? He um Don Donna Matrix. Don A Matrix. That's his name. That's her trainer. We're not making it up. He also uses her baby as leverage for her to get her post baby body back. He's like, you can see your baby when you're done working out. <laughs> oh, it's so stupid. You know that one follower writing that question, Bradley was probably being paid to ask. I was that gonna question. say it's kind of mm. like when you go to a presidential uh, debate and they're like. Um, I have a question. Let me read it off my card here. Blah, blah, blah. You did not write that question. Anyway, um, another another fan asked her, Khloe Kardashian, that is, point blank, quote, or uh, not quote, rather, but asked her if her body had bounced back. She responded, quote, heck no, I'm working on it, and it'll come in time. I hope, LOL, but sitting down, I have a completely different stomach than I used to. LOL. I really can't even talk about it. What is so, there is nothing, uh, this woman is not a good example for women. She's not a good example (laughs) for mothers. And I'm a man who doesn't have children nor um, children. I have not given birth to a human being. Yeah, so I am not an expert on the subject. And even I can tell that she's (laughs) full of crap a duty. Right. We both have not given birth to human beings. And we can obviously tell that this person is full of hooey. Yeah. No, Chloe Kardashian. No, you know that these people are being paid to ask these questions on the app so that she can talk about her post-baby body and then she can give a plug to Donna Matrix, Don A Matrix, a personal trainer that she's probably paying a lot of money to in exchange for the services. And it's all part of the thing where he can sell his videotapes to you if videotapes were still a thing, meaning you can download his app. But it's all part 
of the plan to part you with your hard-earned money. I do want you to know that Chloe also um, confessed that she frequently thinks about getting a nose job. Oh, yeah. She said that because that was a photograph of her where she contoured her nose. Yeah. And somebody was asking if she would ever consider getting a nose job. Yeah. And she was like, well, I think about it all the time, but I'm too scared. Okay. Was essentially, I'm paraphrasing. She did also basically uh, throw her child's gender under the bus by saying the following, um, that she wanted, she apparently wanted a boy. Which I I always think those conversations are so weird because you know your child's going to read that someday. Yeah. Right? Like, I really wanted a boy. Okay, great. Well, you didn't get one. And guess what? I'm here. Hi. Uh, She said, quote, I wanted a boy so badly because Mason, that is Mason Disick, her nephew. Yes. Uh, And I are so close. I love our bond. So she wanted a boy because she really liked Mason Disick. Wait, what? Okay, you like Mason? She says, I felt confident in having a boy, but God blessed me with my precious true. And now I wouldn't know what to do with a boy, although she still wants a boy. So I, this is just the most boring, inane stuff. Why are we talking about it? Oh, because we do a whole segment on why these people are D-bags. Sorry, I'll stop. (laughs) No, Bradley. Unfortunately, we're not going to stop because as the old as seen on TV adage goes, but wait. There's more. Is it? Is it Chloe? No. It is, is it another Cardushian? It is. It's yay! A, yay, Cardushian double feature. This time featuring big sis Kim Kardashian. She is my lady D-bag of the day. Headline, people.com. Kim Kardashian angers fans with her joyful reaction to being called, quote, anorexic, uh. saying... I'm 119 pounds. Uh, Mm -hmm. What? Yes. So this all stemmed from Kim Kardashian's Instagram story over the weekend. She was at a charity event. She was at the City of Hope charity poker event. And she was there with Khloe Kardashian and Kendall Jenner. And uh, then Kendall Jenner, supermodel, you know her. She jokingly told Kardashian that she was really concerned about Kim Kardashian's weight. Kendall Jenner went on to say, I don't think you're eating like you're so skinny. And she loved that. Basically. Oh, my God. Yeah. Khloe Kardashian went on to say, I've never seen such a human being look as good. You're like a walking FaceTime. What? What does that even mean? A walking FaceTime? Meaning. Like you only look good on FaceTime? Meaning that she looks like she has a filter over her face 24-7 and therefore is beautiful. That's because she's paid for that face. I mean, God bless her, but that's not her face. No, it's totally not. And then Kendall Jenner went on to say, my purse is as tiny as you. Then Kim went to say, oh my God, the compliments. Yeah, the compliments are inappropriate. Yeah. And also, there is just some, I don't know. I do like her shoes, though. Did you see these shoes in this photo? <laughs> Sorry, I get distracted by all the wrong things. Oh, yeah, they're very nice. Are you talking they're about like the little... They're like see-through? They're kind of cute. Oh, okay, they're probably you easy. you see them, the turquoise? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. man, put some baby powder on that. You're going to get a blister. Yeah, well, you don't want to put baby powder because then it's if it's see-through, it's just going to be kind of like... What I'm saying Glowy. is you're going to have sweaty feet. Yeah. And I sure. bet Kim Kardashian was very well, she's uncomfortable. She's also got a sweaty butt because she's wearing those like... Um, plastic pants or whatever that is yeah that's not fabric that breathes no if you know what i mean yeah anyway so they were going back and forth on kim kardashian's instagram stories and it's really they have such mixed 
messages about... They have... No, their messages aren't mixed. Then tell me. They're just wrong. Yeah. Because I know what you're saying. What you're Well, you say it. Oh, well, what I'm saying is, uh, you know, on one hand, they're talking about being skinny and feeling good about that. But then on the other hand, they're talking about it's okay to not be at your goal weight and to have body confidence at whatever your size. And so they go back and forth with these ideas. Yeah, they know that society is in a place right now where we're saying you have to be yourself. And if that means you have a few extra pounds or not even extra pounds, you have a few pounds. Yeah. That it, that's okay because that's who you are. Let's not focus on blah, blah, blah. But th- so they throw in one of those every like fifth time. But at the base, they are obsessed with the way they look. Yep. Their like body image is totally unnatural. Like, for example, Kim's body, if you it's just completely manufactured, right? Like her butt, that is not a natural that is not her naturally. No, that is the result of years worth of waist training and doing God knows what, who knows if there's implants or injections or something going on in there. But like they have such a warped view of what an actual body should look like. Yet every once in a while, they want to throw something out to you, making you think that they are actually trying to empower women. Whereas then you have a woman like Chrissy Teigen, who's over here. Actually, she was a model because she's gorgeous Mm -hmm. and she is like honest about the fact that after she had a baby, you know, she put on some LBs and she's fine with it. And, She's not losing any sleep over it. Yeah, and she's not going to answer to any kind of critics because that's her body. Because she, yes, she did did just give birth to another human being. Yeah, no, so they're horrible people. Uh, (laughs) Thank you for pointing it out. Oh, you're welcome. Well, thank you for pointing it out. (gasps) Hey, you know what we love to do more than anything? Hmm. I think it's safe to say. Um, Talk blind items. Oh, a great pastime in, of the Colleen and Bradley show. In fact, we do a whole segment about it, and you lead it every day called Blinded by the Item. Yeah. Well, a, a lovely listener over the weekend sent me a link to a blind item from a competing blind item website that we should be paying attention to that has to do with a celebrity relationship. So when we come back, I think we need to tell people about that blind item and that celebrity relationship and why it's all a bunch of hooey. Do you want to do that? Yes. All right, we'll do that when we come back right here on the Colleen and Bradley Show on My Talk 1071. What celebrity relationship that we've been talking about is totally fake? Well, we're about to find out here on the Colleen and Bradley Show on My Talk 1071. We're streaming live and doing everything at MyTalk1071.com. Hey, don't forget to get your cat video tickets. Those things are going to go up in price in just two days. August 1st is the deadline for ticket prices for Cat Video Fest, which is just over a couple weeks away. Holly, where do they get tickets? They go to catfestmn.com. And while you're there, get your tickets before the price goes up on August 1st. And check out the live kitten cam. Delicious. Okay, Holly. Bradley, yeah. So, uh, listener Jessica sent me a link to a website called Blind Gossip. And I've been aware of this website, but I don't go to it regularly. It's a blind item website where they talk about celebrity blind items. Now, you and I and Colleen on a daily basis talk about blind items most of the time from a place called crazydaysandnights.net. This blind item, though, uh, was quite revealing and Mm -hmm. really added some flavor to a story we've been talking a lot about, a celebrity relationship. 
Do you want to break down this uh, blind item for us? Yes. So the blind item from blindgossip.com was originally published at the end of May of this year. Here's the blind item. Says, in case you are wondering if this TV actress and this former boy band member are in a real relationship, here's what a source close to the situation tells us. Quote, it's fake. She's doing this for the publicity, and so is he. This is his third or fourth fake relationship in the past five years. Hmm. And it goes on and says, um, anything new about this relationship? And it goes on to say she's old, but he's done that before. The twist with this one is that it's his first interracial romance, so he's hoping to add a whole new fan base. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. This thing is cynical. Mm-hmm. And uh, he says he thinks he can get two million of her followers to follow him. Check out those numbers and let us know when he reaches his goal. Oh, and he wants to take her... And he wants her to take him on a little overseas trip to meet her celebrity friend. Now, now, if you haven't already guessed who this blind item is about, it's been revealed. And the celebrity blind item is about? It's about the TV actress Priyanka Chopra, former boy band member Nick Jonas. Are we calling this Pronus or what's the... No, I feel like I'm going to say a naughty word. <laughs> naughty oh my word. god, it's totally Chonus. Uh, let's let's call it that. Yeah, yeah, it's Chonus. And by the way, the third person that was talked about in that blind item, Priyanka Chopra's celebrity friend, that would be Meghan, Meghan Markle. Markle. Because of course, they went to uh, well, she went to the royal wedding. Yes, she did. Now. Okay, let's break this down, shall we? Because we were talking a little bit about this earlier. And by the way, thank you, Jessica, for referring this blind item Mm -hmm. to us. Because I totally buy this one. There's something about this relationship that did not seem natural. And by that, I mean, you of the people that I would pair Nick Jonas with, I don't know that Priyanka Chopra would be my first guess. And maybe it's the age difference, but... It's also just like, did they travel in similar circles? Like, how did they meet each other? Like, yeah. it's not like they, but again, what have you, this would not be the first celebrity relationship that didn't make a lot of sense. But in the blind item, it says, you know, this is like his third or fourth fake relationship in the past five years. Yep. Well, that leads us to look back at some of his previous relationships, which leads me to think something else. But let's talk about those relationships. So blindgossip.com lists the sack, the last six women that Nick Jonas dated. So here they are. Priyanka Chopra. He's currently with her. Kendall Jenner. Kate Hudson. Olivia Colpel, Delta Goodrum. And Gigi Hadid. Those are the last six women that Nick Jonas dated. So it's um, and we're talking blind items. Yes, we're so talking. Everything's yes. on the table. Please, this, this is, is not salacious. Don't take this gossip. to court. No, please don't. But when we're sitting around backstage, mm, behind, behind the scenes, the scenes here behind at my the talk curtain. <laughs> I'm like, okay, what do these women have in common? 
nothing. No. They're all from different walks of life in celebrity dumb. A couple models, a couple celebutants, maybe I think Delta Goodrum is from a girl group I don't over even in know England. What a Delta Goodrum is, exactly. But, but there's there's just like a wide variation, right? Okay, so if I'm being cynical about it, I would think I bet all of these relationships are fake. So yeah. why did it then does Nick, because he wouldn't be the first celebrity that has fake relationships, then what is he getting out of these fake relationships, do you think? Hmm. I think he's getting the public image of yeah. liking innocent, to be in relationships. On the innocent end of the spectrum, you would say things like publicity. Yes, we're talking, ab- yeah, we're talking, we're talking, talking about, about him. Talking yeah, about Nick him. Jonas hanging out with Kate Hudson. That's worthy of gossip. They're going to get some headlines on people.com. Then Nick Jonas stays in the news. His name is... Uh, at the height of awareness yeah. and top of mind. And maybe because people are talking about Nick Jonas, that other people see that he's being talked about and then he wants to be hired for gigs. So that's yeah. a very simple explanation of all of that. Now on the more cynical end of the spectrum and in crazy conspiracy theory town, I would say he's getting paid. Like he is literally for hire because he brings along a certain cachet that then gets people talking about, um, you know, about their career. Right. Like Priyanka Chopra now has this wonderfully built in fan base that she can get attention from. Yes. Um, you know, people say that he's benefiting. I don't, I don't know. I don't buy that. I'm more likely to believe that he's actually the one that is giving them something mm-hmm. because Priyanka Chopra in particular has seemed like the kind of celebrity who has been doing her darndest to get attention. Yes. Whether it's, you know, the Meghan Markle wedding, um, Ever since sort of the the Baywatch movie, I've been paying attention to her career because I feel like we've been talking about her more and more. Yes. And I just feel like these women are in turn when you have a Hadid, because, again, the Hadids are kind of there. They come from the world of reality television. Their mom, Yolanda Hadid. Went on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. She became a household name. Then her daughters, by proxy, became a household name. And they leveraged that fame and managed to become big supermodels as a result of that. Now, let's talk about Priyanka Chopra and who she was dating in the past couple of years. Yes, this is delightful. Point this out for us. Priyanka Chopra's last boyfriend was actor Tom Hiddleston. Oh! And why do you have that reaction, Bradley? Because, and if you're just joining us, we're talking about a blind item that has uncovered the truth that Priyanka Chopra and Nick Jonas, not the first to do this, but to allege that their relationship is entirely fake. Tom Hiddleston, of course, was the paid (laughs) paramour, allegedly, of one Taylor Swift. Yes, we all recall the 4th of July party two years ago in Rhode Island when Tom Hiddleston wore a tank top that said, I heart TS. And that all happened, I think, honestly, in conjunction with, like, what movie was he doing at the time? Like, what? we were trying to get attention for him. Well, he did The Night Manager. He's in Avengers movies. And, and uh, he wanted to do, like, Bond or something, didn't he? he? Wasn't yeah. there, like, a push to kind of... There he was, was trying mm-hmm. to make a name for himself. Right. Right? And Taylor Swift, of course, you know, always trying to stay in the news. Mm-hmm. Anyway, there is so much more to this story. I guarantee this is not the last. We're going to talk about this fake relationship. Totally. Thank you for uh, helping tell that tale, Holly. And thank you, Jessica, for the tip. Thank you, most importantly, to Jessica, listener. Uh, When we come back, more top stories.